I think uh, overall, there's a lot of people that were concerned about uh, scholarships and then uh, on the collegiate side, the NCAA granting the extra year, the super senior year uh, in some cases. And I think uh, a lot of people uh, th that kind of bothered them or pressed them, especially those in the 21 class um, uh, or the 20 class, too, uh, since they really got hit hard because, you know, right when COVID went down, that's when the travel ball season would have been started and got started a little later on in July. And you didn't have your big circuit events, which made your independent events uh, that much more important. And, and the coaches were not able to come out. So uh, a lot of it was um, was strictly live streaming at, at, that they were able to look at you and, and go about you. And so it changed for that 20 class. Um, I also just felt like it, it kind of put some guys in some places to, you know, what are you working on? Have you showed your development? What have you worked on? Uh, gyms were open. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? There were places to play. Uh, there were places to work out the, uh, I know for a fact, Walmart and Target sold a lot of basketball goals. So a lot of, you know, backyard stuff was going on. But, uh, you know, those who wanted to work, worked. And, and then when um, places were allowed to, to open back up, I believe that, you know, they kind of came in and went hard. And some 20s, you know, they fell through the cracks. Um, some 21s felt like their recruiting was, I guess, kind of stunted. But they've been okay now since we've had a somewhat normal live period. So I just think it just was an adjustment uh, on on everybody's part, uh, everybody being players, uh, event directors, as well as coaches and trainers. Yeah, uh, I think when I go to a lot of places, a lot of different markets and different regions around the United States, we Check, 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 mic check, one, two, check, 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 mic check, one, two. Okay, we're going to see if I can get my dude back up in here. Are you still with me, Joe? Yes, I'm here. Okay, my bad. Calls and different things is coming in. I got you blacked out on the screen right now, so I'm trying to tighten you up. There you go, coming back in. As I was saying, uh, you know, a, a lot of um, – I, I have different conversations with a lot of different people in different regions around the United States, and I tell them how Georgia is – at first, I was saying arguably. Now it's uh, trending towards the direction of inarguably the biggest hotbed of high school basketball uh, to an extent. I know you got some others out there, but just talk about what has gotten it to be that way. Has it always been that way? You've been here, living here for quite some time, and maybe Georgia not necessarily getting the kind of respect that maybe it deserves when it comes to high school basketball. We get it, high school football, college football, all that kind of stuff, but you get some really good products that come out here around uh, from around this part of, of of the neck of the woods. And they go to some pretty big time programs too, and they're pretty highly ranked. Talk about uh, some of those uh, particular um, uh, reasons behind why you believe that that is in Georgia, maybe not getting them the respect that, that it may deserve. Um, I think Georgia gets the respect right where it is. I think inside of Georgia, people think it's a little better than it is. You have to understand Georgia is a big state. It is the second large, well, the first largest state land-wise east of the Mississippi. The second one, including water, would be the Mitten in Michigan. Uh, so it, it's a big state. The basketball, though, honestly, is concentrated in the, in the metro Atlanta area and those 13 counties that are around uh, metro Atlanta. And then you have other counties that are, it's very popular with, with the cab and Gwinnett and Fulton and Cobb specifically. Um, Georgia 
is is a football state, unfortunately. Um, and I say unfortunately because I'm a basketball guy. I'm originally from here. I've moved away twice and came back twice. So I've lived in different parts of the country where the basketball is better. The DMV is better. Uh, Chicago is better. Georgia is better than Illinois as a state, but Chicago is better than Georgia overall. You know, if you, when you want to break it down like that, the DMV, smaller area, basketball is just a, a lot different. And here in Georgia now, with the influx of the success that individuals have had with the immediate attention that is garnered. Um, and, you know, it's a transient state. It's a popular spot. You've got one of the busiest airports in the world that's here. So and you have facilities in and around the area that uh, provide open doors and parameters. It's the capital of the South. Um, and I compare it to Atlanta Braves baseball. There's not a professional baseball team anywhere near the Braves. You got to go seven hours south to Tampa. And then if you go out west, Houston is the first baseball team. And if you go north, it's Cincinnati. So all of that, you, you can take a look at it from a basketball standpoint to give you the vast region of the southeast. But Georgia basketball is coming along uh, it, it, and, and it's a transient state. So you have a lot of people that move here when they were younger or come from basketball areas, be it New York or Chicago or, you know, D.C. And, and it is up the ante of basketball. But Georgia basketball. Honestly, if you're not recruiting Georgia, I don't care if you're in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 or whatever it's called now, the Big 12. If you're not recruiting Georgia, if someone's not here, then you're not trying to win because there is enough talent here. And even if they're not from Georgia, the events are here. And so those teams are coming from Texas and California and from Kentucky and from Indiana. So you're going to be able to find talent in the state of Georgia. So you have to recruit the state and then you have to come recruit in the state. Obviously, much of what you said is is so true, and I couldn't really uh, disagree with it myself or say it any better than you just did. Um, Joe Hillsman, SUV TV, play-by-play -play broadcaster, grassroots specialist, uh, Georgia High School basketball insider, the whole nine. You see it down there on the ticker uh, to make sure you go and give them a follow. Always posting some really good stuff and been around these kids and been around these programs and all these different gyms on a regular. So if you're there and you bump into them, you see, hey, I see a familiar face, then yeah, that would be the reason why. Um, when it comes to some of the programs around here, uh, around Metro Atlanta, we start talking about your different ones, like your Norcross and your Wheeler, and there's probably so many of them. That's just two of them to name a few. A lot of people come to me and they say, hey, you know what, Deshaun, I need to know who the next up and coming guys are. I need to know who's going to be that team or those teams uh, to keep an eye and ears open for as we get closer to basketball season starting. Obviously, we had that opportunity to look at some of these guys. I'm like, I'm going to bring on Joe Hillsman. I got to get this dude on here to kind of educate the people a little bit more in depth than what I can provide for them. Who are some of those players within some of those programs and maybe some that not many people are talking about? that they can look forward to seeing when the fall rolls around? Well, first, I always say you have programs, you have schools that have programs, and then you have schools that have teams. And sometimes those teams get good. Um, and then when they're not good, they're not good. And then you have programs where you expect them or you know they're going to be in conversations year in and year out. You mentioned Wheeler, you mentioned Norcross. Milton is another one of them. Pebble Brook, in and out. Grayson has had much success. Sandy Creek has had much success. Woodward Academy has had much success. Um, you, you're going to hear those names often because A, they, they, they're programs. B, they have solid talent. 
and then D, they're going to play on a national level or play a very heavy schedule. And I'm a schedule person. I will always be a schedule person. There are a lot of good teams in Georgia. There are a lot of good programs. But are you taking the next step schedule-wise? Are you trying to get into big events? Or are you just trying to have all your home games, have a glossy record going into the playoffs, and then get beat when you see somebody? I'm a firm believer in beating who you're supposed to beat and how do you perform against even, equal, or greater competition. Peachtree Ridge this year with Jordan Griffin coming over. That's going to be a team and a program that you'll need to watch. He just came over from Dutchtown, spent two years there, won a state championship his first year, then was a semifinals his second year. Eagles Landing and Elliott Montgomery, he's a DMV guy. Now he's been down here at Eagles Landing, has got him a state championship this past year. A.J. Barnes and David Thomas, they're just juniors. So they're about to be a very, very, very dominant program in 5A. Tri-Cities won them a state championship a few years ago. They got Simeon Cottle at the guard spot. They brought over LaDon Pate at the guard spot. Coach Omar Forts, who's got Florida roots, plays with that three-guard lineup. And they just was able to come and get Eltramon Smith over from Sandy Creek. He made the move, and now they want to see if they can get him going. He's a lefty, so he's already got that advantage. Those are 5A. Cedar Shoals and 4A made a run last year. Westover made a run. They're going to have to change some things. Spencer now has a new head coach out of the Columbus area and Coach Allen, who was at Columbus, but now takes over as the co-AD and as the head basketball coach at Spencer. And Spencer had a very, very good season. They've got a lot of good players coming through the pipeline in Columbus. So if you look around, you'll find plenty of teams that are very good. Even, uh, you know, Pace Academy, a private school, but they, are, uh, they play in 2A. Very, very tough region that they play in. Three of the final four teams in Class 2A came from that region. Dr. McQuarrie over at Columbia, they're going to make noise. Love it has Chris Anderson Jr., who a lot of people are falling in love with. They're going to be in the mix. So you can go down all of the classifications. Everybody talks about seven, and rightly so. Bigger, bigger classification. We know bigger doesn't necessarily mean better, but even Wheeler, they're a 6A squad, and, and they're not in 7A. They'll be moving back to 7A. Green Forest. A, a laundry list of players that have been successful at the high school level in the college and now a couple of pros and, and of course, some that will be playing on the Nigerian Olympic team or have a shot, too. But anywhere you go, St. Francis is very good. They're concentrated areas. And then there are places where you can you can get players and get them to buy in. Savannah is a wonderful hotbed for basketball, wonderful talent there. Now, there are always other factors that prohibit those things, but Savannah is routinely talented year after year after year after year. Win Windsor Forest is going to be very good this year. Woodville Tompkins and Coach Lenny Williams does an excellent job. Didn't make a run last year. He lost some talent. He hasn't brought a state championship there, but they're going to be in the mix. Thomasville, Coach Tillman going into his 14th year. Hey, Reggie Perry is in the NBA now, and he won him a state championship there at Thomasville. So they've been very good. Brunswick has always been a consistently 
good team. They're going to consistently be there in the playoffs. Coach Turner has done a wonderful job there. They've won state championships there. So I could just crisscross all of the state for you. And even up in Towns County, which is up near the North Carolina line, that community now is embracing basketball. They made a run. They made a run all the way to the state championship in 1A, and they won it. And they won it with very, very key players. Jake McTaggart, one of their big players, playing with the Atlanta Celtics during the travel ball season. He's gone and transferred back to Hayesville. But what he did in coming from Hayesville to Towns County, Got on the Georgia map, played quality competition, then played with the Celtics during the travel ball season. Got his offers up. Now he's gone back to Haynesville. That's just Haynesville. That's just the effect of what they're able to do. Rabin County is playing better. So there are different pockets in the state of Georgia that are always going to be good. Macon has his talent. Columbus has his talent. Albany has his talent. It's just there's talent and then there's teams and then there's programs. And you have to put all of those together and you make a run and, you know, they're, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a big schedule guy. If you play tough teams, I don't care who you are. You don't have to go undefeated to win the state championship. Hmm. All you got to do is win five games in a row at the end of the year. That's all you have to do. But how are you preparing? How are you using the 25 games that you're allotted to prepare to make that five game street run? Talk to me about what you've seen over the course of this past weekend, where obviously you had some of the on the radar stuff going on. Big ups to my dude Sean Williams over there, who's running that particular uh, who's running that particular showcase. Some of the Super Six stuff was going on, obviously, uh, McEachin High School and things like that. Of course, there is the big time shoe circuits, if you will, the Nike uh, EYBL taking place, Peace Jam coming up later on in the week. Uh, who are some of the top performers and or maybe some of those programs on the circuit that you want to keep a close eye and op open for? Because I've heard about TSF and skills factor, a little bit about core four. I'm always going to show some love to Team Dickerson, some of the independents. But then you got some of the ones that are people are a little bit more known for uh, Georgia Stars, among some others, regardless of the uh, of the particular uh, circuit. Uh, who are some of the ones that you're kind of keeping your eyes on? Because you're in so many gyms, you can't look, dude, you can't split your body up. I'm like, how is Joel literally like everywhere? You can't cut your body up in different dimensions and pieces and be everywhere. Who do you, who have you been kind of paying attention to over the course of the last week or two in the live period? And then going into the final week of it this weekend. The funny part about it this weekend, I was not in the gym. I, I did not go in the gym at all this weekend. Um, I'll be in the gym all this weekend, the next two weeks, but I, I took hold, this one. Hold on, off. Joe. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Joe. Hold on, Joe. So you mean to tell me, like, I'm about to literally go play my lottery tickets and get my life right with the Lord, bro, because Joe tell me that he ain't been in the gym, that tells me that he knows something that don't nobody... <laughs> Talk to me about that. That don't, that don't, that don't sound right. I'm, I'm almost ready to check the temperature. Sometimes you just have to uh, pick your spots. You got to know when to pull up for the three, and you got to know when to dish it off. And this was a dish it off weekend. Uh, no, okay. I, uh, I, I, I got close to going, but uh, you know, a lot of the by this time, I've kind of seen who I need to see or kind of know what I need to know. Um, I could have went to the gym and, and seen something that I hadn't seen, but this weekend was more of a, a, a relaxed, chill weekend. And a lot of the focus is on the 17s and the 16s. I spent a lot of time looking at the 15s and taking notes on the 15s, but just because I wasn't in the gym doesn't mean I don't know what happened in the gym. 
Um, but yeah, EYBL, EYBL over in North Augusta, you know, that that's Peach Jam. It's a little different this year. It's elongated, what is it, 13 days or whatever they're doing it. Um, and I've seen, I was just glancing at some of the standings. I've looked at some of the games here and there. Um, I've seen a good number of the teams there now. I've seen them before they got there. Some of them I, I don't, I haven't seen, won't see, and don't need to see. And then there's some that, you know, I know about what they have. Um, and and it just, it you know, EYBL, that, that's where everybody's going. That's where the coaches have got. You've got Dallas and and uh, and um, under, uh, under Armour, excuse me, and then you've got Adidas out in Omaha. And so each one of the circuit things, and they're, they're, they're making, look, there was no circuit ball at all last year. Nobody was on the circuit last yeah. year. Uh, so a lot of the circuit people are making up for it. And, you know, I look at it this way. You've got shoe teams, as they call them, for circuit ball, and you've got independent. Okay. There's hoopers everywhere, though. You know, at, at some point, you know, I'm entering my 14th year. You kind of see how it comes out. And sometimes the independents, they have the ability to play on the circuit, and then for other reasons, they're not. Georgia Stars is performing pretty well now, 17U out there. Uh, I think uh, TSF 16U 2023 squad is, is playing pretty well. Um at it, it, the EYBL, and then of course, Game Elite, a big Adidas affiliate, is doing very well out in Omaha. But there's another team out there, Midwest Club, that I got to see way back in May, and now they're making noise and people trying to figure out where they're coming from. And I'm telling you, you run an elevator, a pin down, or flex action, Reed Shepard, Gabe Cups, they're gonna drop it. That's just how it is. So I've gotten to see them multiple times. So by the time you get into this July period, especially with what happened in Georgia this year with the high school period able to have two live weeks you got to see a lot more and then you had some out-of-state teams coming in so now it's just it's the fourth week we're going into now the fifth week of the live period and that's going to be it but the coaches have been able it gives them an opportunity to go and see multiple teams multiple places i think eybo still is the standard ua is doing a very good job under arm association and the ua rise for programs that want to get on that circuit and and, and play for exposure because that's what everybody everybody yells exposure and then adidas is doing pretty good a lot of their formats have changed i'm not familiar with all their formats circuit ball once they get the circuit ball i pay attention kind of with my left ear my right ear what did so and so do or if there was a name that i'm looking at like isaiah collier he's gone over to eybl right now and, and is actually really atoned with his play from when he played back in June. So Gabe Cups has gone out to Nebraska. He's playing really well. London Johnson, who goes to Norcross, is playing well. And Gabe Cups, by the way, for people that are looking at me, that's Ohio, that's Centerville, that's championships. They do a very good job out there. Reed Shepard on that squad as well. And his dad, Jeff Shepard, former um, Kentucky basketball shooting great. So there have been a lot of things that go around. You mentioned Team Dickinson. Been in love with Team Dickinson. Uh, their program, their structure, how they develop, how they do things. Noah Clowney has been good. Chaney has been good. I'm a big Keith Robbins fan. A lot of people know I love that guy. Wonderful point guard. Has excelled with the jump shot. Has picked it up defensively. Uh, so they they always come good. Coach Stevens does a great job carrying on that legacy. Um, Georgia Canes have done have done very well. They're 17 and 16, and and they're in a tricky situation where they're they're trying to find those guys that kind of got rough through the cracks or missed the off or trying to find them a home. They've played very well. So there are a number of individual uh, independent programs. Legacy has played very well. Uh, that that 
are, have solid players and key players and are still going to be playing in big time independent events this weekend. And you mentioned on the radar and, you know, that's one of the top uh, independent circuits in the country. Joe Hillsman, again, SUV TV, play-by-play broadcaster, grassroots specialist, Georgia high school basketball insider. Um, I want to go over a couple names with you. I want to, you know, I, I'm curious to know maybe if there are some guys that, uh, like you're talking about, uh, sli- slipping through the ke- slipping through the cracks and whatnot, and uh, and and things of that nature. But of course, we got to make sure that we do our part by uh, by making sure that we're getting some getting some bills paid with this thing. So it is maybe not nearly as much as what I would usually do in terms of more rapid fire. Uh, but we do call it quick release. It is sponsored by Exotics and uh, Exotics by Kurt Smith. Look good, feel good, play good. Uh, look good, feel good, play great. Uh, give your body what it deserves. Exoticsproducts.com. All 110% natural products, zero chemicals added. Make sure that you go and uh, when you get everything that you need, get to that checkout line and uh, hit that discount code. Put in tickets, take get your 15% off. As you can see there at the bottom on the ticker, scrolling at the uh, at the bottom there, all of the uh, services amongst many many more that that are provided within. Uh, let's start out with a couple of names. You talked a little bit about Isaiah Collier. Uh, as well as uh, London Johnson. That's personally one of my favorites. Kind of want to get your take on them, but there are some guys over um, uh, at some of these other pro- – St. Francis, some of your Seth Hubbards, and and uh, a couple of different names like that, Trenton Flowers and so forth. Amongst those names, give me a little bit of your breakdown on what you see from them and their games and how you, pro- how you project things to go for them this season and maybe getting some more offers and where you can expect maybe for some of those to come from. I don't think those guys will have to worry about offers. They will come. I think sometimes uh, you got to remember, you can only play for one school at a time. Uh, Yeah, you've got the transfer portal. I think, uh, you know, if you go out and you do what you got to do, you're going to get the attention. Trenton Flowers, I'm a big fan of Trenton Flowers. Um, I think he's going to bring something to St. Francis with Seth Hubbard there. And then they've got a young one you might want to keep your mind on. It'll be Cameron Robinson. He'll be a, a sophomore. Probably won't jump out on the page this year, but uh, he'll wind up with four or five steals a game in his limited time. But that'll be a name you need to to know down the road. Really like what San Francisco is going to do. and going to look to see how Coach Armstrong now takes that program from Coach Catlett and, and pushes it forward. But I'm a big Trenton Flowers guy. I really think he can excel. Good 15-foot jumper, good body. Once he you know develops and matures, he's just going to be a sophomore. Uh, future can be very, very bright for him. What other names you got? All right, uh, because we got because we got one of the homies that kind of jumped in, won some love to be shown. Uh, I'm not sure. I've, I've heard a little bit about Arrington. I'm not the most familiar. Maybe you could touch on that a little bit uh, for over there at Core Four, uh, Anthony Arrington. That is, and here's a list of some of the names here: Micah Bell, Jacoby Strozier, some of those. Uh, what is your kind of breakdown or analysis on some of those players? I like all three of those guys. Uh, Jacoby Stroger kind of struggled in June with his with this uh, Drew team during the live period. You know, heartbreak that they suffered in the state playoffs last year. But I, I like Jacoby Stroger. I think once he gets his wheel turning, he'll be back. Right, Anthony Aronson. I like it. Plays at Galloway. Can put it in the bucket. I really like him. I know he's getting some some offers from up your way in the mitten. And then Micah Bell. I can do some things. Listen, Coach Latham does an excellent job at Chapel Hill, and he's going to be able to help him and and get him in a situation where he'll be able to help Chapel Hill make a run. Chapel Hill made an unprecedented run last year to the Final Four. This year, uh, it might be just as unprecedented, but Michael Bell will have a lot to do with that with Coach Latham. So um, I like those three guys. I I think that they can uh, have very productive seasons, and 
Um, each one of them, though, if they continue to step up defensively, that will really take them to another level. I want to pick your brain a little bit about a couple other guys from uh, from the Dickerson program that are on the 15U roster. I'm sure how familiar you are, but what better person to ask than you? Uh, and that would be uh, William Job, uh, Darion Reed, and um, I'm, I'm sure they'll have a, uh, a, another one that I just can't think of. Uh, I'm sure it'll come back to me here in a second, but just kind of want to get your opinion on some of those guys. I like Reed. Um, I like Job. I haven't seen enough of them to to break them down, but uh, Darion Reed, I, I really like him. Of course, he he's a Grovetown guy, so he plays for Coach Douglas, and I got to see them a couple of times and get a little bit more intel on, on how they play. But futures are very bright for them. 15U is going to be a very, very interesting class uh, 2024 as it moves forward because they're probably going to be, when their time comes, that's probably when everything will be very normal again as far as recruiting and transfer portal and extra years and that type of thing. They're going to be a very interesting thing um, to see. So, I, Job, uh, listen, I got to see him play April, I think. I think that's when I really saw Dickens 15U play. I think it was April. Um, and I watched that game without a roster, which I'll do that a lot. I watched the game without a roster. I just want to see who actually who actually really plays. And Job, Job stood out to me. And, of course, I knew who Darian Reed was. Um, think he has very good upside as well. And in that program, um, they can be very, very successful. I want to ask you about another guy from over there uh, at WD Muhammad, Bilal Abdur-Rahman, a point guard, a little bit on the quicker slash speedier side, my personal opinion, good vision, ball handling, a little on the smaller side. And I think that that's pretty obvious outside of those things I mentioned or including those things I mentioned, whatever your kind of your takeaways and what you see from his game. It gets listed at 5'10", generously. Uh, <laughs> Would you say generously? Yeah, he gets listed at 5'10", very generously. Bilal Abdurrahim, yeah. Um, can put it in the basket very quick, plays with the Celtics. Um, he's point guard by nature and has some good pieces with the WD Muhammad squad with John McQueen and Caleb Farr. Uh, so that will help counteract some of the attention that he will get. Very quick, off the dribble, moves his feet very well. Defensively, how will he? Well, how will he improve? I, I I thought I would see a little bit more strip steal deflections, those type of things. Um, think he think he can assist the basketball very well. But then the key is, and I, I say five ten generally, you can never measure the heart. But one of the things now is how will, how will he be able to do or defend against length? How will they be able to defend against? Uh, how will he be able to play against a team that's defending him with elite defenders five on the floor at a time? What kind of adjustments will they make? And, and as a team, do they have that? But then just him individually, is he able to counteract that length with quickness, drop-off ability? Does he does he understand maybe tonight I need 15 and not 25? I need 15 and 10 versus 25 and 5, those type of things. But, uh, yeah, speedy guard, I, I know he gets a lot of a lot of talk. And W.D. Muhammad is not going to play that tough of a schedule. I don't. I haven't seen their final schedule, but it'll be interesting to see what they – what they do and what he does against equal or greater competition consistently. Probably just two or three more questions for you. And I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule for just little old me, merely old Deshaun Tate here on episode hey, 91 it's, of Tate's it's, Take where basketball, it's basketball is. It's basketball, man. <laughs> when I finish with you, I'm going to continue to do some stuff to get ready for this weekend. It's, it's basketball. Love, love, love. Uh, Khalil Green, I want to circle back around a little bit to that Team Dickerson program a little bit. 
kid literally just turned 15 years old and uh, make some things happen over there and making kind of want to get your take on Khalil Green, point guard for Dickerson, 15. Where is he going to high school in making? Um, after Stratford Academy. Okay. Last guy came out of Stratford was Jaden Harris, and uh, he went up to North Norcross. And um, Khalil's got Khalil has uh, some good qualities, good attributes to him. Won't play tough competition at Stratford Academy, so he's going to have to do his work, you know, on the 15U circuit uh, this time next year, or maybe even before, maybe you know April or or May at the early portion of the next travel season. We'll have a big bigger picture of what he's got to do i got the sauce i got to see stratford play last year um so i, I learned about him there but you know the, their bumping competition is going to determine how far you know once again that's one of those things where you know you can see the talent <clears throat> and you can see the potential what do you do against equal greater competition consistently and Stratford just does not play that level that's not a knock on him they just don't play that uh consistently uh being in the lower private a but he has an opportunity like I said I'm a big team Dickerson guy I'm a big Demond Stevens I like what he does he, he gets those guys in he works them He's an X and O guy, but he can also KYP you. He knows his personnel, and those things are beneficiary. And at Team Dickerson, you get better, plain and simple. How about Sean Phillips? I've seen him on the circuit uh, playing with the Georgia Stars a few weeks ago, whatnot. I can't remember exactly what school he is. I know formerly uh, he was over at uh, over with Imani Bates over at Ipsy Prep. Uh, feeling like, is it Westlake? I'm not all the way 100% positive or if he's going to return back to uh, Ipsy Prep, but just from what you've seen from him, maybe some growth, maybe lack thereof, and how good of a prospect do you think that he'll ultimately be? Because I've seen some of his offers, and while they are really good, I think he probably can get some different ones in there. He's a really good talent. What offers does he have? I'm, I'm not up to speed. I know who he is, but I'm not up to speed on his offers. What's, what's his latest offers? Yeah. Uh, I know that he most recently uh, had some some Cincy's, uh some Xavier's in there as well. A couple other ACC's and AAC programs in there as well. Well, the Xavier tells me enough. That's Jonas Hayes doing what he does. I like Phillips. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to go to Westlake or not. I, you and I are kind of in that same boat. I know at one point he was and if the point guard was going to be able to come back, but I don't think that's going to be able to happen. So but I like Phillips. Nice. You know, listen, I, I'm I love the way the game is played now, but I love the way that it was played in the past as well. There's nothing wrong with feeding the post. And I, he got fed the post a couple of times, made a couple block moves from the left and the right, had a counter. He had a little jump hook to the left, got good boards, rim ran, defended, protected the basket, altered shots, blocked shots took up space and then scored. I think I got it here. I didn't want to flip through it. I have that game because I did three or four of their games and he finished double doubles every game, 16 and 12, 17 and 11, five, six blocks here and there. So those offers there, I wasn't familiar with them, but you know, Xavier, I mean, that's Jonas Hayes, Cincinnati, that's Cam Dollar, that's Chad Dollar. So, you know, those type of guys know, talent when they see it and they know how to evaluate it and put it in positions to be able to help them i like phillips big upside and if he just can stay consistent defensively 
and keep a counter move and have a nice guard that's not afraid to give it to him because he can score with his back to the basket on either block, left or right. Very good future in front of him. Last and final question for you between these two guys. First of all, uh, the first one being uh, uh, Scooter Henderson. We, we heard about the decision that he made to sign to go the G League route and being the youngest player ever to do so out of high school. And then outside of that, um, the guy that I think is maybe uh, certainly either heard a lot about or not being talked about enough, and that is we talked about Sandy Creek. Uh, and that's Jabari Smith. And I, I'm not sure that I have, haven't heard anybody say that this guy is an easy one-and-done uh, prospect and expected to be taken in the lottery next round. I don't want to jump too far ahead in regards to conversations about that as much as I would that's like to. That's not jumping ahead. Yeah, well, well and, and but, but what I'm saying is I do want to see what he looks like on the collegiate level. Talk to me about what we can expect from him on that side because he is a prospect that everybody's kind of either been talking about or not talking about nearly enough, but I certainly think it's really good. I want to see him at the next level. What's your takeaway? Um, <laughs> how can I say this modestly? He's a lottery pick. No, no, no. Say it. Okay. He's, okay. A, he's okay. a lottery pick. <laughs> He's a top 10 pick. And now from there, depending on team needs, that'll filter the rest out. I, I hate getting into he's a top five. That team might not need him. We'll take the best team available. There's so many moving parts in the draft. People just do not understand that. No, Jabari Smith is is a big, big time talent. A lot of people here are gonna hang the thing on him that he didn't win a state championship. Okay, fine. If that's what you want to hang on him, fine. I know one thing. He fishing a barrel from 17 to 19 feet. He can score with his back to the basket. He's long. Once he bulks up, he's never gonna be big, big, but once he tones up and puts that muscle on, gonna be very, very tough. Now, what do you want to see at Auburn? Listen, his numbers are not gonna be all world at Auburn. Have you seen Auburn's roster? <laughs> if, he, if he gets 10 and 7, that's going to be fine. He's going to be playing with Walker Kessler. They've got the guards coming in, KD Johnson. Auburn might not have to have anybody scoring double figures all season because they'll have eight or nine or 10 guys that are all nine between eight and nine points. Jabari will be effective. Jabari will do a wonderful job. Bruce Pearl. I joked with him a couple of weeks ago and he was like, Yeah, hey, I'm only probably going to have him for this year. So I got to have some fun with him. Like, those are toys in the toy box there. Like if you're Ernie from Sesame Street, you just got toys. You just play with them all over the place. Jabari is going to be an outstanding, outstanding basketball player, uh, outstanding person. He'll refine some things at the collegiate level. It, it'll be good to see him adjust to uh, night in and night out competition in the college regimen. But, I mean, the guy's a pro's pro. He's, he's going to be a pro. If he's not a pro, then the system is broken. Uh, Scooter Henderson, listen, I think that Scoot, um, have you seen his arms? I mean, he's got the longest wingspan and the biggest hands of, of anybody. Scooter's a very talented young man. I think it was a I, – I like his decision to go ahead and go to the G League. If that's what you wanted to do, go ahead and do it. I think he's talented enough to do it. I think he's also now going to see that's the professional life, and he's able to go and play basketball and work on his game every day, seven, eight hours a day. He will have some highs in the G League. He will have some lows. He will have some highs. He will have some lows. But once you get through that and fight through that adversity, if Scooter can get the jump shot consistent, if he can consistently shoot 43%, 44% from the field, 
It is a problem. Can he get to the hoop? Yes, he can. Finish with the left or the right. He can get to the basket. He can beat you off the dribble anyway. If the jumper becomes very consistent, he becomes unguardable. His length defensively is his biggest attribute, and he'll poke it out, start to break off a strip steal, and he'll go down and dunk. Future very bright. Look for some ups and downs in the G League getting adjusted to the professional life. But I think that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. He'll learn, but I'm going to say it one more time. If his jumper becomes consistent, 17 to 21 feet, and, of course, with the NBA line, 3-9, if he hits a couple of those, fine. But if he has a consistent 17 to 20-foot jumper, yeah, buddy, going to be trouble. Scooter Scooter's a very, very talented player, and I think Joe, I know, he would have – Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you was going to stop me and ask me something. I mean, I, I I like Scooter. Scooter Scooter can play. Scooter's a very talented young man. I know I said we was going to get you up out of here. You got two more minutes? Man, I, go, man. I got time. It's basketball. USA dominates Spain just on yesterday. 83-76 up next is France later on this week, followed by Iran, and then there's a to-be-determined before they start getting to some metal play. Uh, from what the, from what it is that you've seen from them so far, and of course they don't have the complete roster with the Booker, and I think they're missing somebody else. I think Middleton, I, I believe it is. Uh, just from what you've seen, from what are your expectations, I guess, is the question uh, that you have for this team coming up on this year, maybe uh, some of the concerns that you may have or lack thereof? You said they're missing some players. They're not missing any players. They got 12 NBA players. NBA's best best league in the world, right? So you got 12 NBA players. The expectation for the U.S. is always the goal. They'll win the goal this year. They'll find a way to win it. But if they don't play any defense, if they do not play any defense, and this is this – is, Listen, this is I, I love the NBA. Nothing will top it. I love your league. I love the NBL. And but I love FIBA officials. They are not calling everything. And and mm-hmm. I need young men coming up to see that. NBA is kind of soft in some ways. They'll give you the little touch foul. Yeah. National play, you can play through it. And that's the way it should be, because Unc ain't always going to give you the call in the backyard or at the blacktop. So I don't care if you've earned it or not. I don't care what your contract is. So they've got to play through that, get through that, and then they've got to defend. If they defend, they're just fine. I didn't see the game against Spain. I saw the Nigeria debacle. I saw the Argentina debacle, Australia debacle. I saw no defense. They did not defend. If they defend, they'll be fine. Defend and rebound. They got enough scoring, Lillard and – and and uh, Levine and Durant, they got enough scoring. They have to defend. Maybe, uh, maybe some for some people, I've kind of tossed it around a little bit. Maybe some concerns about leadership. Maybe even that point guard position that is essentially the quarterback on the basketball court as well. Uh, last but certainly not least, and I promise you, they're, they're, game six. Take they're the- pros. They're figure it out. They're pros. Like if They'll if it's, it if it's if it's that hard for those to have guys, no to need for a natural no 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 need for a natural point guard, Hillsman. I guess right. 
give it to Lillard. Let him run the point and get out the way. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not yeah. it's not rocket science, but but this is also this is also a reflection of how American basketball has shifted. Everybody says positionless players. No, everybody is a two through a four now. You don't have a dominant five. You don't have a, a true point guard one. And that's because you follow the European model of the finesse. But now you realize Europeans are a lot more physical than we thought. But that they're fine. They're, they're NBA pros. They can figure it out. They're good enough to be on the ball and defend. I think Grant is gone or whatnot. Bill is out. Love is out. JaVale is in. JaVale might be the thing that helped him most. You know, a lot of people don't realize his mom's an Olympian and a gold medalist. So Lillard's there. Levine Jordan is there. Johnson, yeah. John, yeah, Johnson's there. Uh, Durant is there. And, and, I mean, at the end of the day, if you need a bucket, give it to Durant. Mm -hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. I want to know who they're who you're going to give this uh, give this win to a uh, little more than 24 hours away. Game six, uh, NBA finals. Obviously, the Bucks is up 3-2. I'm not sure a ton of people really expected it. Going back to uh, going back to Milwaukee is going to be tough for Philly to, uh, for Phoenix to do. I think that they can do it. What says you? Thinking they can do it and doing it is two different things. You lost the last two games by boneheaded turnovers. Chris Paul with a turnover on the left wing, and then Devin Booker driving in. The Suns are still the better basketball team. They just have lost three straight, but now they put themselves in an elimination situation. Um, I think they can win game six. I think they can win game seven. I think if the Bucks are going to win the series, they better win it in six. I don't think they're going to win twice in Phoenix. Um, but I also like the way Chris Middleton is playing. Middleton doesn't get his just due. Listen, that's Porter God. That's out of Charleston, South Carolina. Those guys put out hoopers. And if you want to know somebody else that came out of Porter God, here's a name drop for you. Naismith for the Celtics. That's a Porter God guy as well. Nobody's talking about him right now. He'll be around. He'll get contract extension. So there's your little nugget on Porter God High School out of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Drew Holiday has been doing this, got to cover him for a long time when Monty was there in uh, New Orleans. Drew is just nothing, nothing that I'm seeing in the finals from anybody is, um, is surprising. Phoenix not closing these last two games have been a bit of an um, interesting measure. And Phoenix kind of got away with what they want. I know they want Booker to kind of be the guy and all of this. Chris Paul had to turn over in game four. I would have still had Chris Paul with the ball in game five. Paul with the ball is what you need to do. And I believe kind of sort of in a way, and it's, and a lot of people are going to be like, well, that doesn't matter. But the, the Sark injury kind of now is showing his head. Yeah, he wasn't going to play a lot, but it kind of freed up Aiden. It kind of gave them six fouls there. Craig is doing what he's having to do. They tried the Kaminsky thing, but Monty Williams is going to figure it out because Bud has a very good squad. But if Milwaukee does not win it, in six, Phoenix will win it in seven. I think they still can win it. Uh, they've got to play cohesive basketball as a team. Giannis is going to get his. You know Middleton is going to get his. Now you can't let uh, Pat Connington and you cannot let Drew Holiday be the guys now to add to that fire. Paul's got to play well. Booker's got to play well. Aiden's got to play well. And Jay Crowder is going to step up defensively. Just getting ready to say the exact same thing. Jay Crowder, kind of that junkyard dog if you will type of guy that uh always appears on some of these teams that can always go very far 
uh, in the postseason. Joe Hillsman, SUV TV, play-by-play broadcaster. If you haven't heard him yet, make sure that you not only give him a follow, but that you go and check out some of the phenomenal work that he does over there at SUV TV. Grassroots specialist, as you guys have already heard, he's run it down. Hope you, uh, hope you guys consider yourself educated a little bit more now, especially as in regards to uh, Georgia High School Hoops. Even gave you guys some some notable things from some guys around the country and uh, Georgia High School Basketball Insider as well. At Jay Hillsman, at J-H-I-L-L-S-M-A-N. Bro, I appreciate you for joining me on the, uh, on the program today and uh, looking forward to hopefully uh, doing it again sooner and later. Hey, not a problem, man. Anytime, man. Keep go, keep doing what you're doing. Good to see you in the gym. Good to see you in the gym. and seen you in the gym in a while. And you were walking around with a notebook. Names in the notebook. Yeah. Hashtag in the notebook. Hey, yeah. nah. Appreciate you having me, man. And uh, Yeah, I'll be around. Of course, your boy got to keep his handy-dandy notebook, man. Jay Hills, man. That's I appreciate it. you, big dog. Thank you very much. <laughs> appreciate my dude, Jay, for, uh, for joining us here on the program. And, uh, and educating and gracing us with his presence, blessing us with his presence, I guess you can call it, if you will. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. I got uh, some more interviews. It's going to be coming up uh, relatively sooner than later and got some really awesome guests. Of course, you never know who you're going to get here on this particular program. So instead of just flipping through and, oh, Deshaun Tate's live again today, just happened to brush past it a little bit. If uh, you can always appreciate this kind of content, information, education, things like that, make sure you go and subscribe and tell everybody to do it. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama where they can find the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and of course, the most, the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. It's called Tate's Take. Go and subscribe anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also streaming live. Uh, on YouTube, as well as on Periscope, on Twitch, on Facebook, and go and follow on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag where basketball lives, Suns and Seven. Talk to you later. Bye.